I wanna I wanna start in a very weird way, yeah? So let's talk as if we are like talking to, to each other, yeah? Like mm-hmm. we're not actually recording, okay? Yeah. Okay, we're starting I start, okay? No no I start. I start. Okay, you start. Okay, you you start, you start, it's okay. <laughs> I, I I will follow up. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back to No Boundaries, and this is the Who's Next series, with ABD and Fardan. In this series, we interview young professionals who have lived, studied, and worked in more than one country. And in today's episode, we thought it would be nice for you guys, our listeners and viewers, to get to know more about us, rather than listening to other people's people talk about their experience we thought it would be um time for us to talk about our experience so for them who are we going to interview today let's do your episode today and then mine we can do the uh, the next one okay that works for me so yeah let's start uh abdul so could you tell uh for our listeners a short introduction of yourself like um what did you study what are the countries you have lived and uh, what do you did in your bachelor's and anything else that can be interesting so my name is abdurrahman gad or more commonly known as abd or abdu um and i'm egyptian i've lived a couple of my first like i've lived my childhood years in egypt till the age of 7 and then i traveled because my dad kept traveling to like different um jobs kept changing jobs and so i had to travel to qatar then the uae and an interesting thing is i kept changing schools then fast forward after skipping uh after like going from through six different schools i graduate and i go into mechanical engineering in in dubai where i graduate in 2018 and right now i'm doing my masters in management in germany at the at, at tum university or at the technical university of munich Uh it's been a shift and I'm probably going to be talking about that later on. Uh I am if 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 I if I would say anything interesting about me it's the fact that that I don't live in the present. I actually live in the future and I I don't so the way the way I see it is if I'm living in the future I'm trying my hardest to reach the future that I'm setting for myself. Okay, that's some really interesting stuff which I'm still still trying to decipher in my mind. Probably <laughs> probably people are also thinking about what is he what are you talking about? Maybe we can dive into that later. Um uh, so 
tell us a bit about your school life because you have lived in uh, different places um so how was the school like how were the teachers and students and uh, yeah go ahead so my my first couple of years um i think i went to like a nursery school when i was very young i don't remember like when exactly because it was really like relevant i think or to me it was relevant like i don't remember it and then afterwards i because of like the egyptian system when it comes to schooling they i think like it depends on what month you're born in and if you're like before and uh the month of september i think you waste a year you waste an entire year before like you go into school um a little bit later than everyone else so my dad didn't like that and he tried to have me go to do kg2 like kindergarten 2 and grade 1 in the same year and since he did that and i don't know how i actually like did it all i remember was i had to like keep going from one school to the other and i didn't understand anything i just enjoyed it <laughs> so uh after that moving on to qatar i think i went to an american system school where everything was a bit um i think harder i would say i mean at the time i don't know um so it was a bit harder i didn't really like studying uh i liked to read science books but i didn't really, really like what they were teaching us i don't know why as well uh moving on i i went to the united arab emirates where i joined al-fat alifa city and i i i think i started to like rebel that was my rebellion like rebelling years where i just wasn't listening to any teacher and i was just doing whatever i wanted and i think my school went like that ever since like i was just like not caring about anything and i just wanted to finish get school over with and it's really weird because of how uh how i changed after i graduated from high school so i don't think <laughs> like i think that was it like i was really bored at school and nothing really interested me uh i can i can be like you know okay so like i can certify that like you know after you moved to abu dhabi you've been the same because i've done university with you so i know your <laughs> character from shoifat khalifa city continued until headed what now i don't know how you are in tm because i don't study with you but uh, yeah maybe so yeah you, you told a lot about the school so like is there anything important that you learned or like a lesson or something that you kind of uh, never forgot or you still try to follow it so i think this is interesting because um coming from someone who like during the time of like during high high school and school in general i just didn't really care about anything that was happening around me i just wanted to get like everything over with 
uh, one of the things that really was um, or that affected me at the time and still is affecting me is the fact that how you can actually learn from people who are bad and people who are good. So it was like for me when I met bad teachers, I learned from them how not to be bad. Or like I, I took like I I, lo- I looked at what they did wrong and I st- tried to not like tried not to do it. And similarly, when a teacher was nice to me or um, treated everyone in, in a really good way and was really welcoming, kind, and tried to like explain stuff, um, I kind of also took these traits and tried to like copy them somehow. And I think this also was there because um, moving from like moving through different schools, you get to learn how to adapt very quickly. Like it's, I think maybe in the, when I first um, shifted schools in the beginning, it was a bit um, tough for me. But then later on, I just took it as a sort of new adventure. And everyone, everyone who was there, I just thought of them as friends. And that, and just started like communicating with them. So these are, I think, the two lessons I probably learned from shifting and from like on being in different schools. And I, I, I think I still follow them to me. Yeah, that is a uh, kind of interesting also because, uh, like, I, I guess you moved uh, kind of more than me like at least in the beginning years uh, and like when I moved to because I moved very later because I was in in one place for like 10 years and then when I was gonna move it felt kind of uh, weird but then once I moved like it was easier for me to adapt and like you know like I like I, I moved from Abu Dhabi to Dubai so when I did that you know like how different these two cities are and how different the people are yeah so uh, yeah it was kind of weird but then like it was also a good thing uh, that i learned from anyways you can talk about more of me uh, in the next episode so yeah. <laughs> uh so you i mean you did uh, bachelor's in mechanical period work so why did you choose to do that and um, why specifically uh period work so I, I think like it's, uh, it's really interesting because I, I didn't want to go to university and, um, it's going to be surprising because of my following answers, but, uh, I didn't want to go to university because I, you know, like being in high, in, in high school, I always thought of myself as someone who was going to like pave his own way through life. Um, and like start as whatever, but end with the, with the end goal being achieved. So when it came to that, I, I thought, I always thought of myself as a, as a, not a salesman, but like as a trader, as someone who buys and sells and keeps like growing, um, a business or growing uh, his own work. 
Um, when when I graduated, I actually when I finished high school, I mean, I just wanted to like take a year off to decide whatever I wanted. But what I wanted to do was probably um, not understood by me at the time. So I always thought, like I was always like I'm gonna like my fam to my family when whenever anyone asked me. I would always say I want I wanted to become a mechanical engineer, not knowing why. But maybe it was because I loved racing, like playing racing games. And so, uh, <laughs> and so when I had a discussion with my dad, I think I told him I wanted to do economics. But then when I asked him, like, what kind of jobs will I end up working in? I didn't really like the answer about. So in the end, he was like, just do a degree in engineering and then pursue whatever you want later after you're done. And so I basically chose mechanical engineering because it was the broadest out of all the other engineering uh, fields. And to me, it felt like it was the hardest. So I was basically challenging myself. Okay, so that was nice to hear. And uh, so, like, how was your time as a, a student at Heriport? And how did you find mechanical engineering? Was it the hardest, like you just mentioned? And uh, how was the atmosphere in general? Like, how were the uh, how were your classmates and professors? Yeah. So. <laughs> So I, I didn't answer why Harriet what. It's it's I think it's very it was a very simple choice back like when I was applying. Um I applied to like five universities. Uh five of them in the UK where I got like acceptance, but my dad and one of them was Harriet Watt in Scotland. Uh but my dad wanted me to stay close like close to where they were at the time. Um, and then he was like, he was fine with me traveling afterwards, but um, I think there was really no benefit except going to Scotland that was going to change. And so I just decided to, to remain and then see how, see where that is, where I was going to take. When it came to like life as a student over there, I think, you would remember <laughs> my first um, two years in Harriet Watt. I was just like the guy who went to class and then left. I I was also in that zone where I was like, I just wanted to also get like rid of it, like finish, get it over with, finish university and move on. So I was that kid who went into the class finished the class, finished the lecture, and then went home. So there was no actual, um, like, formed relationships where I was, like, friends with people. I was just, like, classmates with whoever I have I had done projects with. And that sort of changed in the third year because of two main incidents. Uh, one... I took on or I entered the project where 
I was sort of like part of an inter in, interdisciplinary team where I got to see like how actual like for example actual work was being um divided across all engineers and that was really important for me because I I didn't really understand what what mechanical engineers were supposed to do in Dubai or in the UAE in general all you hear about is basically MEP engineers and that was mainly it so getting to experience how engineers can actually like be part of like an interdisciplinary team where they're working on softwares or buildings or whatever gave me like um some insight into like where I can I could go the other incident was I think the main one where I just like sort of uh rethought about how I was living life and it was basically when I had a seminar in Dubai and I I didn't I didn't live in Dubai at the time so I was staying with my uncle and uh so we had a discussion over there and he sort of like just told me the truth he he just spoke about how I was living life being dependent on my parents and how everyone was like everything was like getting put onto a plate or not spoon fed but like getting getting handed over like i was in a university a, a very good one and i was going to graduate find a job easily and start working and it was going to be very simple and so after that i think i had a i just went to my dad and told him i don't want any of your connections i don't want any of like your help finding a job etc while that to me was like yeah i've done it but like in reality it was basically um a soft solution for the time i didn't really use his connections afterwards so i started building them in the final year and i think luck was there as well on my on our side <laughs> I think that's how we like found our engineering manufacturing partner. And yeah. So classmates and professors were I don't know how to talk about this to be honest. Uh like professors came in from all different cultural backgrounds. So to me it felt like I was getting um experience from all all around the world and students also came in from like Russia, India, Pakistan. We had a couple of Arabs but not as many like Syria, Egypt. Uh <laughs> what else? We had Russia, did I say Russia? Yeah, you just said Russia. Okay, and um what else, man? Where, 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 like what countries did students come from? I mean, in our class, that was it, I guess. 
Yeah, so it was mainly like a cultural exchange, like more of a cultural exchange as opposed to like, um, yeah. I mean, it was it was basically cultural exchange between students and professors. And uh, how did you find uh, interacting with some of the cultures? You wouldn't have interacted with some of them as much as before. So I I always found it interesting to get to know about new cultures or new perspectives. So it was really um, interesting to me to get to learn about the Indian culture because normally I was a person who never really liked to share like his meal or anything actually. Like I just thought of like whatever I own was mine. And becoming friends with Indians just like opened my eyes to like different things and weird things. It, it was weird at first, but then I was like, it actually makes you get closer. Like you actually become better friends. And so I added it to my <laughs> like uh, sort of cultural skills. I don't know. I don't know how to name it, to be honest, but I just like took it over and started copying it as well. So that was like really interesting to me. And I think I said it before in one of the interviews and I I would not like uh, change it, I think, in the next like 50 years. I think Indians are or Indians have one of those cultures that keeps growing because it like involves family, it involves sharing, it involves um, group, like, like a group or a community building. And that's what's every, like in every human being is looking for. Even if you come in from like an individualistic society, I think you still are looking for a group to belong to. And that's very prominent in like the Indian culture. All the all the Indians are gonna be like you know happy hearing a non-Indian saying about uh, saying good things about Indian culture. So yeah, yeah. Um, so during your time at Heritage, uh, what like, what kind of activities did you get yourself involved in, and uh, like what are some important skills or like you know lessons that you learned? Doing those activities. Um, like I said, the first two years were very like plain and uninteresting for everyone. Uh, so I started actually doing mo- most of my activities in the third year, where I joined Korea's ambassadors, and I joined that extracurricular project where I was working in an interdisciplinary team. And it's funny how I joined either of them. Because normally you're like invited or you are like applying to join. And I think (laughs) me joining the Korea's ambassadors was really funny because I applied, I was rejected, and then I went to... um, I went to the first careers event when I think you called us in. And I, yeah, I don't, I, yeah. yeah, I remember like, 
like uh, like i was told to get volunteers and then like you know like more than half of the volunteers were like like people we know like from mechanical engineers and then venita was like interest like into, uh, like uh, not she was impressed like like you got so many guys and like they are really working really hard i was like yeah like what else did you want to do and then yeah like that's why like she kind of knows like even most of the mechanical engineers also like that that's how you joined uh like this kind of industry yeah so most of them were our, were our friends and uh <laughs> i still don't understand why we actually worked hard i think we looked at it as a sort of a fun project to do together because we were bored or we just wanted to like uh, something different to do something different than our studies and uh, i remember i i don't know what gave me like uh i think i don't remember what i was doing actually but i think i t- i took a huge part in it i don't actually remember what i did but because i took it benita just spoke to me like afterwards and she was like like why don't you join us as well and i was like okay <laughs> I I didn't really like I I wasn't expecting anything I just like it was really fun having like Shawn and Barbary as our like <laughs> what what do you call it like as our bouncers and we had like sort of like a a network of like I don't know we were stopping people from entering like uninvited people and or people from other universities they were they were stopping like uh unwin like uninvited people and also like people who weren't uh, obeying the dress code and <laughs> it was fun like it was ahmad barbari and like shawan we like like we got the opportunity like she told like you uh, like both of us to manage the, the people like you keep rotating them some of them take breaks so like we were responsible for that i guess you remember now So like it was kind of fun because we told like let's put Shavan there because Shavan is like tall and big right so like people will yeah. get, people will get intimidated we like okay let's put Ahmad Barbari there because he's like tall so like people will get intimidated like not do crazy stuff and uh, then we had people inside doing stuff and it was fun like I I missed that day it, it was never I don't think there there was any other event that I organized like it was so much more fun We, we definitely enjoyed our time there. In fourth year, I think we went in. I went in <laughs> very hard with like my external activities. Uh, I sort of was handed the vice presidency of the uh, like the petroleum chapter in our university, and that was very strange because I just went to one event. <laughs> and they just gave it to me after that uh we also did our imic e activities and our chapter like the mechan- for the mechanical engineers and i think that's where most of our work like um the mechanical engineering department's work was like done where we like organized um like sessions Like workshops for students. We also like organize some. It's um, we invite like where we invite like 
we organized uh, events where we invited guests over and like we organized food, we organized um, the place, like the lecture rooms and stuff. So it was hectic in a way to like have an event every one week. I think we had one every two weeks, right? Or every week? We had one every week for like the first uh, eight to nine eight, weeks. Eight weeks, yeah. But after that, it's closed towards the end and people don't really want to Yeah, I mean, um, we tried very hard to like, you know, have, it, have events each week. Um, and that's what we did. And I, I guess, I guess the reason behind me getting involved in lots of extracurricular activities was the fact that in my mind, I own, I was only thinking about how in the future our responsibilities was just gonna, were like responsibilities were gonna grow bigger and bigger each year or each um, stage in our life. And so I just wanted to give myself more responsibilities to see how I was gonna handle things. So that was like the reason behind why I did it. And I guess most of the skills that I've gained were managerial coordination, coordination skills, how to like, um, um, not manage. So how to manage like relationships with other people, how to like not sound too bossy and too picky <laughs> or too like annoying. So. It was like me getting to know how to like work with different people, different cultures, different. Yeah, and you forgot to say that you were treasurer for MAKI, so I'm just gonna add that. Um, yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, I know that you're always interested in like kind of business and management. So, where did you get that interest from? What did you do to take those things forward and what did you do to develop your knowledge or skills in those fields? So to me, the way I think of business is probably not like, it's probably different from how uh, like a young person would think about it. I think like um, professionals who are in the industry would think of it in the same way or different way or in a different way but my like my type of thinking was like i needed to know about how to like manage my relationships with people because i i still think that even if we go into a world where robots are handling everything you're still going to need people to run things you're still going to need people to actually finish deals you're still going to need people to like monitor these robots or AI systems or whatever, like, and knowing how to manage your relationship with other people is essential everywhere, no matter where you go. Like, even if you're a doctor, even if you're a, like, if you're a doctor, you're managing your relationship with your patient. You're managing your relationship with your coworker. You're managing your relationship with your, like, um, senior, like your supervisor or your, so it's like 
that's that's how it was for me and um i took a theoretical approach and a practical approach so my theoretical approach was to read like ever since i joined university i was reading about like um, understanding the different like sources of income and understanding for example what it is like the basics of like um a business which is like hr accounting and like the boring stuff and the practical my practical approach was basically to sort of um become that person in groups where i'm like organizing whatever we're doing like i wasn't really focusing on like excelling at what i was doing individually but i was focusing on like how as a group we would do better or we would like have fun while we were doing our stuff because to me that was like or that felt like i was um, being successful at management yeah um, that was interesting i guess it's like kind of more the practical approach i would say um yeah so let's move on to the let's say third phase i would say uh why did you decide to do your masters in germany and uh, why specifically you chose the technical university and more most more more important thing is like how did you decide to do that your course that is the msc management Mm, yeah did you have any other uh, options on hand like any other particular universities please uh, enlighten us about that <laughs> so uh it's it's a bit weird like i think ever since we started fourth year or the final year of university you sent me a link uh because you knew i was interested in business and management you sent me a link to this tum university like i didn't know about it before <laughs> or i didn't really like i wasn't i didn't have any plans to be honest i was like i just wanted to finish uh by the time i was like by fourth year i just i was determined that no matter where i go i was just going to do whatever it takes to achieve um my final goal And so when you sent me that link I I think I discussed it so I discussed it briefly with my dad and my dad was like he just asked me one question just like he asked like when I joined engineering he asked me can you do it like can you actually go into that masters and get accepted and finish it and my answer was like yeah like I can, like anyone can do anything. I mean, yes, like why not? Why can't I get accepted? Why can't I do it? Uh I think it was a uh, like I think some people would view how I answer or how I answer how I answer most questions as kind of like cocky or uh like how what, what do you call like people who like see overestimate themselves? I think that's like how I think people see or view my answer answers I think overconfident can be uh, approved maybe 
Yes, yes, yes. I think it's like overconfidence. But it was like, I don't know, like, to me, I just like, uh, say these things just to assure myself that I can do it. Like, I try to remain as positive as I can, even though I knew that <laughs> I was not like, I was not sure of like my acceptance. But I just kept telling everyone I was going to get accepted. So, yeah. I did not consider any options other than that. Because I, I just like was like, it's either this, something I want to do, or I don't want to do anything. Like, I was just going to go on with life and see, like, how I was going to decide after my first, like, job, for example. And probably, like, that was going to, like, make me decide other things but I just chose this path as soon as I got the acceptance and I'm seeing where it's going to take me right now like I'm in it so yeah I mean you did get accepted in the end so uh, maybe your overconfidence is kind of good or kind of helped you focus I guess since you just have one open um, yeah, so, I mean, once you moved to Germany, how did it feel? Like, how did, how was that place? Like, you know, it's a, it's in a different continent with different culture, different mentality. And, um, yeah, tell us about that and, like, how was it compared to Egypt also? Like, uh, tell us about that. So I think um, I'm one of those people who felt a culture shock when I went back to Egypt. Like, I, I, I just was me. Like, I was really different than people in the UAE. I was different from people in Qatar, for example. I was different. Like, I even... I even still think or like about why, like I, I ask myself this question, like why am I, why do I think or why do I view myself as someone who's different? Like why do I think differently? Uh, and why do I like, why is it there? Like why is that thought over there? And I think I know the answer, but I just choose not to accept it because of like, um, I think it's simple, like because of how I moved. From like one school to the other, I just like became a blend of different personalities and cultures. And I was just like, my mind was very open to like new stuff. So me going back and seeing like people do things in just one way and not accepting like another way was like very weird to me. Um... But like coming back to this question, when I first came to Germany, like it was my first time ever, September, end of like 20th of September 2018, I, <laughs> I sort of, uh, I thought at first like it was going to be easy to like navigate inside the country, like ask questions and stuff, like having Having actually learned German for like two years, I thought it was going to be like a little bit easier. But the language I learned was not the language that they were using. So from there on, I managed to go back to go to like my 
Wege uh, or like my shared apartment place in Germany from the airport. Thank God. <laughs> and um, so ever since I arrived and I started dealing with people, I just felt that same exact feeling as I felt in Egypt, which is basically people are doing things in one way and they don't welcome other ways of like doing stuff. So what's different, I can talk about like what's different between the two cultures and they are different, but they still do not accept other like ways of doing stuff. So the German culture is like way more individualistic and they focus on like, uh, one's, like one's skills as opposed to like the group's outcome. And so over here, you're going to find people who are like focusing 100% on their life. They don't really care about their families or where their family is going to be in like 10 years. They just like see where they're going to be. And that makes them scared i i call it being scared because the german individual prefers to like go into one company get hired in one company and stay there forever and i call this like being scared of change so when a crisis happens or when something changes and skills are required to like be changed there it's not really like part of the culture over here. Like it's a very slow paced change, which prob was probably preferred by them. Maybe not by me or like people who like to keep like innovating and changing. Um, the culture in Egypt is <laughs> sort of similar. Like when it comes to um, change, they don't really welcome change a lot, but they are forced to change. Like, if people are forced to do something in Egypt, they're going to do it. But in Germany, it's like the opposite. If they're forced to do it, they're going to fight. They're going to fight, and they might even win. And in the end, like, get the chance to not do it. But Egypt is, like, more lenient when it comes to these stuff. They're also, like, a society where it's, like, more... um focus on like a group's outcome than the individual's outcome. So like one person may lose, but the entire, the entire company or the entire society wins as a part of it, they would, they would like actually like that. And that individual who lost would not see it as a loss, but as a gain. Um, to answer like the question of like, where would I stay in Germany in the future? It depends. Like, I think it's a good place to stay. It's a good place to, like, um, start your career and develop your skills. But I, I think, like, uh, more people would prefer to, like, go to countries where it's more relaxed. It's less of, like, bureaucracy and, like, paperwork and stuff. And, yeah, like, go back and chill. For example, in like after like 20, 25 years from now. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to remain for so long in Germany. Probably like six to eight years max. And then it's going to be like on to the next um, adventure. So, yeah.
yeah, that was a quite a long talk. And uh, yeah, what you say kind of makes sense. And uh, I mean, you can't protest anything. That's uh, you can protest, but you don't know what's going to happen to you next. I guess. <laughs> so that's kind of different from Germany, I guess. And uh, yeah. Germany is kind of much more developed economy, and you can people have this they say, but Egypt is kind of the opposite. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah. So, like, how are things in Germany in general, like, related to your career, like, uh, like business and everything? Like, how do you how do you find that to be in Germany? Like, basically, a future career opportunities. Uh, what do you think about that? So this is actually interesting because management on its own is redundant. Like, uh, we, we, I even was speaking to one of the, like, German recruiters over here and they were talking about how if there is a management position or an administration position, you're going to get over 200 applications. But if there is a, like, a specialized an engineering position or, uh, a computer science position, a programming position, just gonna get two, two applicants. And that's really funny because like the future is heading towards a more, um, digitalized, um, base or like, uh, society or like job, job base, job market. But people over here are not changing so far, like with the, like with how the world is changing. And so, to, for me to like actually become relevant over here and find a job, I have to like combine computer science or digital like digitalization with something in management. And I I don't think I've spoken a lot about like what I was interested in <laughs> management. And it's basically uh, finance. So right now I'm actually uh, writing my thesis on digital finance. And so that's a relevant field, I think, or it's going to be relevant forever, starting like as soon as like uh, blockchain networks and cryptocurrencies become a thing, like a day-to-day thing. And um, I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities. Like I just need to be to remain positive. I just need to remain positive and... Learn the language, obviously. Yeah, like, uh, that kind of makes sense. Like, you're positive. Um, you are, you have learned, uh, German before and you're still like, kind of learning. I mean, which kind of makes sense. You're going to another country and like, which has their own, uh, language and like, you know, most of the things are in English. People are like, can I survive with English always? They keep asking these things, like, especially in Europe, because they have another language. When you're going to a country, like, the least you can do is learn the language, right? And at least try to integrate, at least you get to know more about their culture, like, and you get to meet, uh, you get to meet more people and converse in their own language. And, you know, obviously, like, when you converse in their own language, um, they kind of open up more and, Obviously, you're gonna get more opportunities. So, I mean, looks like you are a really good planner, and you've laid out a good plan of your life until this point. 
Um, so what is going to be your future plans? Like, do you have something like a five year and 10 year plan? So, um, I'm, I'm just going to make it simple because like <laughs> when I talk about like plans, I think I go way over 10 years, but I'm, I'm just going to talk about my five year plan. And so when, when I think of plans, I don't actually plan my day to day. I sort of decide on a goal. Like I sort of envision myself as something. So for example, if I look at myself at the age of 30, I see myself as someone who's like basically either managing multiple organizations and doing a lot like to the community. Uh, or like a person who is like very successful in one field. And so I, I know like some people would be like, how are you going to be managing like multiple organizations or how would you see yourself like that? And I just, I just don't know. I, I just see it and I believe it and how it's going to get executed is basically by me just continually continuously like working every day to make it happen like i would say i'm a person who works most of his time and i try to like do or test the waters everywhere like like what we're doing with this podcast for example and when i when i say like multiple organizations it doesn't need to be like multi-billion dollar organizations i don't mind if like i'm managing a non-for-profit organization like that's completely fine like if i'm managing one non-for-profit one startup and another for example a full-time position in a company for me that's like managing uh, more than one um, organization or like more than one position yeah that uh Sounds interesting, and at the same time, uh, just thinking uh, how challenging it can be. Also, because it's, I mean, it's you don't get anything easily, but it's challenging. But I think it's gonna be worth it because you have to do a lot of stuff in between these ten, five, to ten years to achieve that goal. And I guess yeah, definitely, like I. So one of the things that I'd like to say before we move on, I I would like to like advise people not to actually think about reaching, like reaching a destination, which is actually, I I wanted to talk about it before. (laughs) I wanted to talk about like that one lesson that one of the professors at Harriet Watt taught me, which is basically be content, number one, and don't think about life as stages, even though I still think about life as stages, but I don't really think about the end goal anymore. I just think about what I'm doing every day. And if I'm having fun with it, if I'm enjoying what I'm doing, if I am like growing as an individual, uh, then I feel I'm going to reach whatever it is that I envision myself as. And uh, I think the first thing to achieving something is for you to actually believe that you can become it. So 
I just wanted to say that before we continue. Yeah, I probably know who you're talking about because I've had some similar discussions with that person. And uh, yeah, what you're saying kind of makes sense. I mean, if you want to do something, the first step is believing that you can do it and you're starting to do it. Because if you're going to ponder over it and think about that, oh, how I'm going to achieve it, you, you're never going to start. That's one thing. And, uh, and one more thing that I want to say is like, what the way you plan is like envisioning goals. Yeah, that's kind of works. But I guess like once you plan to reach a goal, I mean, you, you also at times plan your daily stuff, right? So in the end, like you decide the end goal and then you decide the smaller steps. You plan the smaller uh, steps to reach that goal. So anyways, yeah, it's like planning is the key. If you don't, plan anything and just do things haphazardly. You're not gonna reach the goal. So yeah, planning is the key, guys. Yeah, like um I think I think when I said I don't plan my day to day, that's I think that's a bit wrong. But uh what I basically do is I, I just put on like actually right now I'm focusing on only five things. And so I just like sort of divide it into different days and so each day would be me doing a couple of stuff for ev- like for the thing so if i for example right now we're working on this podcast i am i am working with some other guys on like an application and i'm like doing my masters i'm also helping like this um my high school in uh, doing like some activities online, like some events online. And so the way I organize my stuff is basically I give my university at the moment the most of, most of my time. But uh, at the same time, if it's like one hour a day or like half an hour a day, I'm also like thinking about the other stuff. So like half an hour for each thing. So it could be like two and a half hours for each thing and the rest of the time I'm thinking about like my university stuff. Uh, but on the weekends, which is very surprising, I'm not doing any, uh, university work, but I'm just focusing 100% on the three stuff, the three things I'm doing, which are the podcast, the society in the, my high school and the application that we're building. So, to me, if I achieve those uh, three things or four things each week, I'm happy. Like, and that's to me counts as progress. Yeah, sounds nice. And uh, yeah, let's move on. So, Abdul, do you have any final words uh, for the listeners before we end? I don't know, like, what to say exactly because. From my experience, I like advice. Advices don't actually work for everyone. And so I'd like to like just encourage everyone to keep discovering stuff, keep learning stuff and keep trying out stuff, no matter how old you are. Like even if you're 28 and you just finished your bachelor's, it doesn't really matter. Like the future is still ahead of you. Like you still have a lot of years ahead of you. So keep doing stuff 
keep trying out stuff, um, touch the water everywhere, fail a million times. Like, I know this sounds cringy <laughs> as hell, <laughs> but, um, I, like, I, I, when <laughs> I think I, I'm not supposed to say it in that way, but I'm a person who welcomes failure. Like, I am, when I, when I say I want to fail, I don't mean I want to fail. I just basically, um, sort of manage my risks whenever I'm about to fail. And, or whenever I'm about to like think that I'm gonna fail. And so I probably fail hundreds of times, like every day. Like, for example, if you have a question and you're trying to like solve a question, you're failing if you're not solving it. And how do you like end up with the final solution, with the correct solution? You keep failing hundreds of times until you actually know how to solve it. And life is not different. Like life is really not that different. You just keep failing and keep trying stuff, keep meeting individuals who are incompetent and who need like some sort of like, I don't know, <laughs> punishment for them to like, really understand what's going on uh but you're gonna meet them everywhere you get to learn from them a bit you get to like meet the good people a bit like good friends main good friends and you get to um experience people who are better than you so you get to learn from them as well and one of the things that is probably I don't know if people, other people do it or not, but I sort of, uh, I'm a mixture of like other people's good. And I try to like, whenever I see something bad happening, I try to like think about if I like whether I'm doing it or not. And I try to like, uh, let it go or like forget about it and change it. So keep experiencing life. And keep like changing and adapting to what's happening around you. And I think you're just going to do fine. You're going to do just fine wherever you are, whatever, whichever field it is and wherever you are. Yeah. So that was, uh, some wise words. This was really like, to be honest, um, talking. Talking about yourself. Now, now that I'm actually like in the position of like our interviewees, it's like, it's, I don't know, you feel kind of, you feel a lot of pressure, not because of like what you are, are about to say, but you're basically putting your life out there and for people to like, um, understand and think about. And probably judge as well. But it doesn't really like, um, it may be a good thing, it may be a bad thing, but we're never gonna know. So, <laughs> guys. I mean, I mean, that was the point, right? Like, someone comes, listens to like one hour of the, one hour or so of a person's episode and then, I mean, they can learn stuff, which is one thing. Um, if they want to judge, let them. It's not like it's gonna affect us in any way. We might gain friends, we might lose friends through this episode. You never know. Um, 
but yeah let them judge if they want to it's like doesn't affect us you know it's you're right this is this is actually why we started this right <laughs> we actually started this because we used to have a lot of conversations about like how like about us in general about how we spent our days or our weeks and we used to like talk about different topics and yeah that's why we thought it was really beneficial for people to actually hear us talk about it so yeah we just have to control ourselves and not say everything it's not good thing so you know this best thing stuff that is useful right yeah so how are we going to end this <laughs> how are we going to uh, so thank you guys for listening and uh, we're going to have uh, one more uh, for this series and then we're going to move on to another series for time being so stay tuned for that um, thank you abdu for sharing and don't forget to like and share